0: Welcome to VR in Education. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of VR in Education. Today, I want to talk about a common question or situation befallen to to many schools and educators, how do we deal with limited numbers of VR headsets in a school? So picture this. You are to start a busy day with 20 of your kindergarten students when one of your students, sitting at her desk, slowly, almost... Almost sheepishly, she pulls out her bag with a tray of six delicious muffins. Now, these aren't just ordinary muffins. They are super muffins. They're decorated with Disney characters and filled with mouth-watering icing. What causes you alarm is the fact that she just has six of them and you have 20 students, what would you do?" Most wise, experienced kindergarten teachers would jump into what I call stealth mode and they would probably nip this socially unjust situation in the bud before tears and who knows even chaos might break out in the room. One of the unwritten rules that all astute adults know who work with young children is that they know that if there's not enough for everyone, it's best to leave things in the box. The kindergarten story resonates with many of us teachers because it represents a huge dilemma we have and often face when it comes to access to tools and powerful resources. For example, introducing virtual reality into school settings. Many schools, they start out with only a limited number of VR headsets, almost as a pilot project due to maybe lack of funding. In this situation, teachers are often worried and and reluctant to use the VR in their teaching and learning because there just isn't enough to go around like the muffins. Some questions that pop up are what could I do with just one or two VR headsets when I have a class of more than 20 students? Or if I only have a few headsets, do I just target one particular group of learners? Maybe the gifted? Common questions like these plague teachers in the trenches. Yet, I think VR is for everyone, and it shouldn't be hidden in a cupboard or a desk because we don't have enough to go around. It would be a huge travesty to see such an amazing tool collect dust. Although there are many reasons, here are two big reasons why even having limited VR headsets Schools and teachers need to make an effort to expose those headsets to students. Number one, VR is applicable to a variety of subjects and disciplines. Since Disneyland theme park opened its doors way back in 1955, it's been one, one of the most popular holiday destinations in the world. One secret to Walt Disney's success, was he had this vision for offering entertainment and experiences for all ages, and more importantly, all tastes. Many theme parks at the time only focused on adrenaline junkies or thrill seekers with their soaring roller coasters and white knuckle rides. But Disney's magic formula for the Magic Kingdom emphasized a more holistic approach to entertainment. You could chill out with mesmerizing music on a ride like It's a Small World or you could get heart pumping get your heart pumping sorry on a a ride like Space Mountain and discover new animals on the mild-mannered jungle cruise Disney parks basically had something for everyone and like Disneyland VR has a variety of applications that enable students to learn and engage in science, math, social studies, language arts, music, and even art. So exposing students to VR experiences in a variety of subjects and disciplines ensures that we get a deep and rich understanding out of them. Therefore. Arguably, the deployment of VR in schools needs to not be at one wing of the school or one area like STEM education. The the deployment of VR needs to go to all different subjects within schools, not just one or two. I know in Hollywood, the term typecast often refers to an actor or actress, who seems only to be suited for a particular genre or role within a movie. For example, when we think of Tom Cruise, we often think of action films like Mission Impossible. Yet, one can argue that Tom Cruise might be equally talented to play other roles in other styles of movies. As educational decision-makers, we want to avoid typecasting VR technology with its immersive powers to provide such compelling and memorable experiences, VR is a tool for all disciplines. VR is limitless and therefore it must not be locked behind the guarded walls of the art department or the music department. Most subjects have awe-inspiring VR content that enhance experiences within the school and should be made and available for everyone. And having only a limited number of these just means we need to work harder at ensuring that they get around in the school. Number two, reason number two. We know that VR can provide support for every type of learner. Classrooms today are mosaics of life. Students come to us with a variety of different backgrounds and interests strengths, and even weaknesses. As educators, we're charged with the task of trying to meet the needs of these different types of learners. And grade teachers adjust their learning engagements to ensure that all students are interested, curious, and motivated to lean into our topics. One of the top challenges for teachers today is a lack of time to balance a multitude of duties and tasks required to provide quality education. Teachers are asked to wear way too many hats, I think. But VR can act as an essential tool to help teachers meet the individual needs of learners in a variety of subjects. Over 90% of educators agree that using technology is an effective way to provide differentiation and personalized learning experiences. Students struggle in different areas. Some are challenged by science while others lack strong art skills or they may need enrichment in language and literature. When students hit a barrier in their understanding teachers need to consider a new approach. That new approach could be VR. Immersive VR can act as a trigger to unblock learning for all students in various disciplines. So let's turn The engagement of one into the engagement of many with a little innovation and hard work. There's a great story in the Bible it's called Miracle of the Five Loaves and Two Fishes and in this story Jesus performed a miracle by taking five loaves and just two fishes supplied by a boy to feed a multitude of people. Okay so whilst I'm not Claiming to be a miracle maker, there are ways to do something similar to the story of Jesus in schools by considering carefully what VR applications we use. There are some VR applications that allow students to engage alongside, or we call it asymmetrically, as a group or team with only a limited number of headsets. So in such a situation, one person could be in a VR headset while other students are working on the same learning outcomes, but without a VR headset, therefore maximizing the number of students involved in the learning experience. Here are my list of six possible VR applications that might afford us such an opportunity. Number one, Akron. This might be dubbed the modern-day version of capture the flag or kick the can. Akron is a multiplayer experience where one player dons a headset and they act as this giant ancient tree and they have to protect acorns around them. Meanwhile, you can have two to eight, we call them frenemies or squirrels that can grab their Android or iOS device and they become these rebel squirrels and they can steal the acorns using an arsenal of different abilities and techniques. They can be uh, a stealth squirrel or they can be a squirrel that has the ability to use a shield and students can take turns being the tree with the VR headset while strategizing on their phones as a squirrel. And what this, the, the goal to this amazing application is to try and teach teamwork and strategy. And I've seen students who, when they first try this VR application, they go it alone. So the different squirrels all have their own individual plan and they uh, switch between different squirrels like a stealth squirrel versus uh, a squirrel that digs. And pretty soon, quickly, they realize that if they don't work well with the other squirrels, they're not going to be successful at dethroning the tree by stealing all the acorns. So, Akron can adopt uh, the beauty of Akron is it can accommodate, accommodate sorry up to 10 students at one time. Idea number two keep talking and nobody explodes. This is an amazing team building and communication game. So, again, one student can don a head mounted display or VR headset, and what they do is they see this. Uh, fake bomb within a room whereas the rest of the students can be outside of vr and they have what's called a bomb diffusing manual the person inside the headset cannot see the manual and they have to provide clear and concise information to learn things like if the bomb has certain number of wires which wire should i cut or maybe the bomb has a maze on it and how do I disarm the maze keep talking and no one explodes helps gamify the communication process and to be successful you need to provide clear two-way communication between the person inside the headset and then the students maybe two three or up to six students who are outside the headset working through the physical, or it could be on the computer, the digital manual. So a great way to maximize student engagement when you only have a few headsets. Idea number three Altspace VR. This is a social VR platform that allows educators to create private rooms or spaces for students to meet up for lectures, maybe panel discussions, or other learning engagements. If a user doesn't have a VR headset, no problem. They can still participate at school or even at home because Altspace has an application that can be downloaded where students use it on a PC. And the 2D version of Altspace isn't quite as immersive or engaging, but still provides a unique experience similar to the days when we had the platform Second Life. I've used Altspace, and I appreciate the flexibility that it provides. So I presented live in Altspace at Educators, the Educators in VR conference, and it was really neat and rewarding. I donned an avatar. I had a presentation, and I was able to articulate to a crowd of, I think, 30 or 40 people. But what, what was neat was the following, that those that were limited without access to VR still were able to give feedback, to participate and lean into the discussion, and so a great way to maximize VR potential. Idea number four, Spaces. Spaces is a nifty little application that enables a user to join a video conference from within VR and you have access to a whiteboard as well as uh, adjustable virtual cameras and so spaces is great for remote learning situations whereby if you're the presenter you can put on your headset and deliver a more interesting and arguably more engaging presentation because you're in vr you have an avatar and you have the ability to synchronously write on a whiteboard while participants are in Zoom or Google Meet. So I use Spaces a few times during my uh, remote teaching these last few months. In one instance or example, I had this big whiteboard and all my advisor students watched and participated in Google Meet and we played a fun game of Hangman. And albeit Hangman didn't connect directly to my design curriculum, it was a great way for me to build rapport and connection with students during remote learning. Additionally, I also use spaces for critical thinking, observation, and problem solving skills. So, what I did was, I, I set up a room in spaces. There were chairs, there was a table, there were all sorts of things on the walls. And I brought in my class of 25 students, and they watched me give them a tour of the room in Google Meet. Then I asked four students to exit Google Meet, and I changed a few things within the virtual room. So, maybe I, I took down a, one of the pictures or I moved around a few of the chairs. Then I asked the students to enter the room again, and they had to use questioning techniques to try and figure out what I changed within the room. And students love this activity. Idea number five, Zoe. Zoe is a neat program developed by Ape Lab. Zoe is an easy to use application because it allows participants to actually be designers of virtual reality experiences and environments with almost little to no coding experience. So you can run the app inside a headset like an Oculus Quest or the higher end ones like the HTC Vive and you can build and design within the headset. You can scale objects. You have this huge library of different objects like chairs or a house or tables. And from your palette, you can drag and drop and then scale these objects and move them around. You can create interactivities where you can make like a balloon or a ball bounce off a wall. And it's very quick and intuitive to do these. But what if you don't have a ton of headsets? The beauty of Zoe is that they've also offered a similar plugin for a program called Unity. So students can build on the computer in Unity Unity with the, the plugin where they don't need to code or program. So again, they can drag and drop objects and scale them and move them around and create amazing virtual environments within Unity. So students could be given a design challenge or uh, a project as a team where some of them donned a few headsets and the others worked feverishly on the computer. Again, enabling larger groups of students to be involved in the same learning experience. Idea number six, my last idea for students who have limited resources or limited access to high numbers of VR headsets, is InSpirit Learning. So InSpirit offers STEM engagements, and InSpirit Learning provides a a a diverse catalog of virtual reality labs to allow students to explore core sciences. They have over 20 VR experiences in physics, chemistry, and even biology. So InSpirit has a lot to offer. And most of these experiences can be enjoyed in VR where it's immersive. Students become enamored or in awe of how their bodies with their hands can move around in the 3D space. However, again, the beauty is the flexibility here. InSpirit applications can also be uh, used in alternative platforms in the event that students or schools don't have unlimited access to powerful VR headsets. I actually spoke with Amruta Vasan, one of the founders of InSpirit, in episode 36 of my podcast. So I invite you to listen to that because... She has this great passion and a great vision when it comes to STEM learning. Additionally, you could learn more about InSpirit at inspiritvr.com. So the list I've provided for you is by no means exhaustive or comprehensive. And I'd be interested in hearing from others about VR applications where, again, the conundrum is that maybe you only have a few VR headsets within a school and you try, you're trying to maximize engagement and commitment by students on the same learning application. So back in the cavemen days when fire was first discovered it enabled people to unlock deeper learning and discovery. Cave people all of a sudden had this amazing tool to explore at nighttime or often go to places like caves that they previously could not explore. So essentially fire became a tool to enhance their curiosity and and unlock learning like never before. Well, I believe VR is the fire of the modern day century. And although not everyone may have one-to-one access, It would be, as I said earlier in this podcast, a travesty for us not to use it within schools, even with limited numbers. So I challenge you to go ahead and unlock your VR, whether it be right now in a cupboard or in your desk or in some storeroom. And let it be free to transform the minds of every artist, scientist, athlete, social scientist, designer, engineer, storyteller, or musician within your school. Because because of its superpowers to allow users to lean into material and engage in deep thinking, I think your students will thank you. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.